welcome to the podcast of Your Life Choices magazine, the e-magazine. And we, uh, of course, call this Mind Your Own Retirement. And it's lovely to have your company and also the, the publisher of said magazine, Your Life Choices the lovely Kay Fallick is here. Hi, Kay. Hello, John. And you've had a very, very busy time. You've done we something have. very important. We have. Along with many other organisations, we put a submission into Treasury about the retirement income review for the panel to consider. Now, for those who don't understand what that might be, just yes. give us a bit of background. So the government has decided that our retirement income system is indeed a bit piecemeal. There's a lot of moving parts. And they've asked for submissions to a panel in order to review this system. So we felt it was really important to represent on behalf of our nearly quarter of a million members. Wow. Woohoo. And so we ran yet another survey and we received about 5,000 answers oh, to that's great. 51 questions. Wow. Which told us essentially the system is broken. People do not feel supported by this system and for many it's it's a question of equity. So this excites me today to have Emma on the show um, because she knows this stuff. Emma Dawson is of whom we speak and let me just go through a little bit of uh, Emma's CV. She's the Executive Director of Per Capita... Uh, formerly, she was a senior advisor on digital inclusion at Telstra, executive director of the Institute for a Broadband-Enabled Society at the University of Melbourne, and a senior policy advisor in the Rudd and Gillard governments. Oh, we are not worthy. We are not worthy. And to boot, she's a lovely person. And she knows stuff. And she came in here and I bombarded her before we went on air with you about did. three or four different questions. I think, John, I think you're going to kidnap Emma. No, I'm a bit worried about her so, safety. So much. But she's not here to talk about my you. issues with broadband. No, <laughs> no all me. Tempting as that is. That's right. But, uh, Kay, do you want to start this off? Uh, yes. Well, I thought we'd start with Emma explaining to us. I know who per capita is, but it, it, our members may not. And I think it's really important for our members to know the work she does. Thanks, Kay. Um, and good to be here. Hi, John. Um, so Per Capita is a think tank uh, and uh, we are a relatively small think tank compared to some, um, but we are very focused on social justice and addressing inequality. We do a lot of work um, around economic inequality, but we also have a big focus on ageing, on positive ageing. So we have within our think tank what we call our Do Tank, which is the Centre for Applied Policy and Positive Ageing, which we kicked off about six years ago with the support of the Wicking Trust. And um, that's Centre's been really engaged in looking at um, how we can support all Australians to age in a positive way. I love that term, positive ageing. Mm. I know. I've and not we heard had, that before. I love it. We had Marlene yes. from Every Age Counts on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and... I think John's going to become an ambassador because oh. he's, he's a fan of this Good work. Good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I, we do a lot of work with Marlene and the Benevolent Society and the Every Age Counts campaign and really our, our um, lens on all this is we're all ageing every day. The, it's better than the alternative, as they say. Mm. So um, ageing and how we age well is a, is a matter that should be relevant to all Australians of any age. Um, and a lot of what we've been able to do with CAPA, as we call it, is um, really draw on the work we've done 
uh, in our more traditional, you know, wonky research um, think tank focus to look at the economic um, factors and the social factors that contribute to, as, as Kay alluded to earlier on, um, inequities in the way that Australians age. We are a very wealthy country. There's no reason why all retired Australians couldn't be living a very comfortable standard of, standard of living. So they're choices that we can make uh, to so make it happen. To give us some context, Emma, can you tell us to to what extent older Australians live in poverty? Yeah, so there are there are several measures on this, um, and there's some dispute by some quarters that it's um, that the rates of poverty amongst Australian pensioners aren't as bad as they're commonly understood to be. But I think there's pretty compelling evidence from both the OECD studies and ACOS's um, Poverty in Australia report, which they uh, last put out in 2018, that find that at any one time between a quarter and a third of Australian pensioners are living in permanent income poverty. Oh, dear. Mm. That's incredible. It is. And when you consider that per capita with a pun intended there we are the wealthiest nation on earth now we have more we? wealth yeah we have more wealth per individual and uh, than any other nation on earth it's obviously not evenly distributed I s- many other countries scandinavia mm. for instance mm-hmm. uh, there seems to be a different attitude towards the uh, aging process yes. and how people are looked after a comparative country to us is quite often Canada. Mm. What, what do they do there? And tell us about the well, Scandinavian or... Australia has a um, almost a unique system of retirement incomes in that we are now so heavily reliant on our superannuation system. And some will argue that that's not necessarily a great thing. I personally think our super system's terrific um, because it, it encourages and actually compels people to save for their own retirement. Um, and whatever economic modelling different organisations do to demonstrate that X number of people would be better off with the money in their pockets now and then rely on the age pension. I think that overlooks the very human need to feel a sense of control and of agency over your life and your income. Um, Countries like Scandinavia obviously have a really, really strong social safety net. They pay relatively high income taxes, but they do that on the understanding that this is going to be returned to them in universal services. Um, That's a little different than us. Australia is actually quite a low-taxing country. People think we're a high-taxing country, but we're not. Um, And so our age pension is actually relatively low as a share of our GDP compared to other OECD nations. Um, And it's actually one of the least generous age pensions in the OECD. And particularly if if you don't own your own home, you're almost certainly going to live in poverty on the age pension. We did some research with um, Marlene and others at the Benevolent Society a few years ago now that looked at the adequacy of Australia's age pension and found that for the 1.5 million, and there are currently 1.5 million Australians who rely entirely on the full age pension, it doesn't allow them to participate fully in, in society, both socially and economically. That includes some homeowners, but it's really, really dire for people who rent. So we look at this as we've spoken about in our retirement affordability index and we look at how much you earn on a full pension and if you're a renter, more than a third, we're saying 39% will go on your housing costs, which leaves you with very little. So all up with supplements, you might be on about 25000 as a single and when you have a look at after all typical household costs are coming out or living expenses, you're left with $200, $300, $400. Mm. So you're literally 
one step away from that fall, that medical emergency, that problem where you, you know, you fall over in the street and you front up to a hospital, the first thing they say is, where's your credit card? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking about people who have have no buffer. They have no buffer. Okay, that's right. And, you know, if something as simple as the washing machine breaks down, they've got a problem with their car, even for people who do own their own home, they often can't afford to keep up with the repairs on that home. God, and God knows they're vulnerable to uh, the shysters. Who... They are, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we heard only a couple of years ago, you know, there was a bit of a scam going around Melbourne of uh, targeting older people saying, well, we'll come and we'll fix your roof. Um, mm. And they're very vulnerable to that kind of scam because they're sort of desperate for that kind of help. And, you know, when we did this um, research a few years ago, we held a lot of focus groups. We, something we try to do is not just do desktop-based research. We go out and talk to people. Um, and we heard so many distressing stories of older people who were having to puree their food because they couldn't afford to go to the dentist, who didn't have hot water because they couldn't afford the hot water system, who couldn't afford to put the heating on in winter. Um, and I think for anyone to argue that that's an acceptable standard of living in a wealthy nation, is is really beyond the pale. So, Emma, the, the, to me, the really big question is the stats you're sharing and the things you're saying, sadly, aren't a surprise to me. Mm. But I'm I I can't work out how the wider population isn't more aware. We we have become a nation in in retirement of haves mm. and have nots. Yeah. Why does nobody seem to care? Can I, can I answer that? <laughs> From just certainly, you know, I'm sure that Emma, you'll have a very, very, you know, clear understanding of why. But for me, it seems because everything is now, 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 now. It's mm. got to be now. It's like this terrible thing of buy now, pay later, whatever that new thing is that they have going Afterpay. on everywhere. Afterpay, which mm. to me scares the heck out of me. Lay by was one thing, but and I know I know I'm old, but you know that you can't afford it, don't buy it thing. But a lot of the folks we're talking about now can't afford anything. Mm, that's right. Look, I think you're you're, you're right in that there is a. People don't want to think about the future. People don't want to think about getting old. When you're young and you're healthy and you're earning a decent income, it's the last thing in your mind. And, of course, we know actually all the evidence shows people don't turn their minds to their superannuation accounts until they're in their 40s and until their kids are growing up and they're looking at, well, when do I pay the mortgage off and um, how am I going to... How am I going to cope? So it's not something that people want to think in advance about and we need to change that mindset. But one of the reasons, Kay, I think why why don't why aren't people more aware of this, why don't they seem to care, is because the media narrative has fallen into this false binary between millennials and boomers, mm. you know, that there's somehow this cashed-up generation of baby boomers Greedy, who are all sitting boomers, on, yeah, sitting on houses, huge amounts of money. Cruises, and actually yeah. the difference, the, the challenge, the disparity and the inequality is not between people of different age groups, it's between di- people of different income classes. And, and it's your tribes classes. you talk about. It's That's right. the tribes, That's for sure. Right. And yeah. we know that if you are a non-homeowner in younger life, if you're later getting on the property market, then you're yeah. much more likely to be in that situation in later life. Mm. If you're the child of people that don't own a home or don't have any wealth, then you're much more likely to be in that situation. So yourself. it's it's um, life 
it's a life course, course of that's life. right and we yeah. know you know for example that so the, the super system our entire retirement income system is predicated on the idea that people own their own home outright when they retire yeah but actually since we introduced compulsory super which is 30 years ago now the number of people retiring with mortgage debt has more than tripled so in not the early 90s only 14 percent of people retired with still having a mortgage debt in 2015 it was 47 percent we believe that's probably over half now and mm. as younger people take longer to get on the property ladder mm. that's only going to grow so actually one of the major things this retirement incomes review needs to look at is the is role of the family in, home uh, yeah, yeah and taking debt into <laughs> retirement can we have emma back very very soon please well i think we it, we should because we could we could fill up an hour just talking to Emma about various bits and pieces. But I think it'd be great too to ask our members how to ask them to respond to these comments mm. and ask them for their ideas. How do we change this? Mm. I think we've agreed we have a problem, mm. but how do we get more awareness and and how do we we change it? And I agree with you in terms of the media and rich old boomers. So much damage has been done there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Emma Dawson is who you've been listening to, the Executive Director of Per Capita. Um, we must have this lady back. Yeah, look, she's amazing. And I was sitting here thinking Per Capita is the think tank with the heart mm. because they're talking to people about their lived experience. I don't think people really understand what a think tank is. They yeah. sort of uh, think it's some, uh, you know, bloke sitting around highly, the Melbourne club yeah, going, highly yeah, paid, highly what paid economist. What do you think, George? I've got my model. Here's your model. Let's yeah, stand at 50 yeah, paces. Yeah. And look, there's some truth to that. But I think, uh, thank, Kay, thank you, you for said, that comment. With, with heart. <laughs> yes, and we do try to do it's, things differently. We're about people's lived experience and what can we do to make everyone's life a little bit better. Uh, okay, let, let's um, wrap this up with uh, some way that the folks can feedback. Okay, so on the website, on the podcast page, we'll have a link to Per Capita, but we will pose three questions around this discussion. Great idea. And ask for comment and we can share that with Emma. And good luck with your submission as well, Kay. Oh, mate. Yeah. I'm ready to take over Treasury here. Yeah. Oh, wow. That would be great. would be a bad thing. What is, no, no, no. But have Emma on the board as well, please. Well, Emma's put one in. Well, and hers, hers will be better than ours. Oh, but anyway. Emma yeah. Dawson, please come back and see us again on Mind Your Own Retirement. I'd love to, John. More power to you and the team. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to talk to you about Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Now, Pension Checker is an easy-to-use financial tool that allows you to calculate exactly how much you should be receiving in fortnightly pensions and supplements. And it's very well-priced at just $29.95 per year. To learn more, go to pensionchecker.com.au and make today the day you take control of your income with Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Welcome back to Mind Your Own Retirement. Me, John Deeks and Kay Fallica here. And, well, it's time to talk eyes and both of us are spec wearers. We are. I'm with Spec Savers and Jimmy Park is on the line, an optometrist, director and co-owner of Spec Savers in Canberra. Jimmy, welcome to you. Hello. Thank you for inviting me through. So we'd like to jump in and just say we've invited you on because we were very interested when uh, the Australian of the Year won the award for the link, uh, the work he's doing uh, linking 
Diabetes 2 and Eye Health. Yeah. And we felt our members would benefit from an explanation of, of how these two uh, issues are linked and uh, how manageable it all is. Well, with the diabetes, uh, to define the diabetes, it's usually got to do with the blood sugar level being high. Um, and that has affected the actual blood vessels and every organ in our body. And eye is one of them. In fact, one in three people with diabetes living um, has had diabetic eye disease to a certain level. Now, it would be wonderful if everyone's symptomatic with diseases, but not everyone is actually symptomatic. So when we do these regular eye checkups and find some diabetic eye disease, that can lead to the diagnosis of diabetes at times. Is type 2 diabetes reversible or, or manageable, Jimmy? So type 2 diabetes, I wouldn't say it's curable or reversible. Sometimes what can happen is once it's being treated with diet and medication, the blood sugar level can be stabilized and it can go lower. Um, but once it's not being managed correctly, it can come back at times. So in terms of type 2 diabetes, the, the management has to go on for almost a lifetime. Okay, when was the last time you had your eyes checked? Within 12 months. I tend to go uh, once a year. Is that, yeah. about, is that about right, Jimmy? The general consensus is that uh, every two years should be the eye test. If for over 60s, we usually say about every, every year. But that also depends on you know, whether you have other conditions going on, such as diabetes. And just to uh, jump back into the um, eye disease when people have the higher blood sugar, is that reversible? Or if we damage our eye, is, do we just hopefully stop damaging it but can't regain what we've lost? Right. That's a very good question because a lot of the diseases from diabetes, it can not, not only is it easily managed and detectable, um, but it can be treated in early stages, then you have very, very good prognosis. Um, so the, the earlier we detect it, uh, the more reversible it can become. So it's quite critical that people do have eye checks and most of them uh, are rebatable, Yeah, well, I've, I've never paid for one yet. I mean, certainly at my age. <laughs> That's the value of having that regular eye test is, you know, we might find something that, you know, you might have never thought about. Mm. And uh, sometimes it can be linked to other things such as your general health when it comes to diabetes. So, yeah, it's, it's, I think the, the earlier that we pick it up, uh, the better we can treat it and the better we can reverse the eye disease. So, yes, absolutely, it's important. So, Jimmy, the other thing about eye tests I've noticed in recent years, they're doing uh, digital images where my understanding is you can detect finer differences from one visit to the next. That's correct. So with the OCT imaging, what we can do is we can do a 3D scan of the back of the eyes and those little minor bumps that we can get, for example, swelling in the back of the eye, mm. that can easily be picked up with the scans, which can't be sometimes picked up by looking at it manually. Uh, so the machines like the OCT, the optical hearing department, can really help to, to pick these up. Well, they say the eyes are the window to the soul, but it's also the window to many other health uh, possible issues as well. That's what I find so interesting. Mm. Jimmy, thank you so much indeed for giving up your time today. We do appreciate it. Uh, Jimmy Park is the optometrist director and co-owner of Specsavers in Canberra. Do check with your local optometrist and have your eyes checked regularly, folks. If you're not, you should. Jimmy, thank you so much. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you very much for having me.
On Mind Your Own Retirement, it's time to grow travelling. It's our favourite, one of our favourite things to do, isn't it, Kay? Or is it our favourite thing to do? Almost the favourite. What's your favourite thing to do? Be with my family, oh, John. Of course it is. Of course it <laughs> is. I know how annoying I am. But no, that's what are annoying? It's not annoying unless it's annoying to them. Ah, uh, possibly. Uh, Ask my tra- daughters. Tra- travel. <laughs> well, they're always travelling. The kids are always travelling. I know. I know. Gee, back in our day, I anyway, know. where the streamers and down then, at and station. And then they pier. wonder why they have no money. I ask myself, Do how you? could this be? Oh, dearie me! You know why? Because they're not travelling with Webjet. They're not travelling That's with where me. they should be going. <laughs> Web- oh, there we are. Guess what? What a wonderful segue into saying hello to Brendan Sawyer, the CEO of Webjet. We've, yep. had, we've had him on the phone. I know. And, I know. Uh, are we well connected oh, here, you, John? Well, you were. You were. Hello, Brendan. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Where was the last place you travelled to, fella? Oh, I was uh, over in Western Canada uh, in uh, early December, which was minus 22. Were you with Megan and uh, Harry? Uh, No, didn't quite bump into them. Did they fly with you? Did they make sure they went on the web jet? They were behind me. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Now they've given up their day jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but we're talking about somewhere very different to Western Canada. We're talking about... Sri Lanka. Yeah, it's an um, amazing part of the world, which uh, I was uh, over there in August last year, actually, with my family. So I took my young boys along and my uh, my old man um, for a couple of weeks and really got to uh, explore it, uh, obviously, post what happened in April, um, which, uh, you know, was very sad and very tragic, but it was... Um, Similarly, fantastic to see um, so many Australians there, but very little others. Um, well, I've got to ask the question first up. Yeah. Did you feel safe? A hundred percent. It was very evident very quickly uh, the measures that have been put in place, in particular at the hotels, you know, and that's that's where I think the issues formed back in late April. Um, but uh, every hotel we went into had security at the front gate. Um, you very quickly felt safe and as you got close to Colombo, there was um, um, even more safety checks by, by way of road checks. So um, that was late August, early September. I can't imagine too much would have changed um, in terms of that being a sustainable approach from, from the properties. Uh, it was the international chains that unfortunately were, um, were targeted uh, back in, in late April. So some of the local properties were unaffected. So there's a beautiful old um, property in Mount Lavinia, um, just south of Colombo, which we stayed at, which a uh, beautiful hotel. So anyone that's uh, heading to Sri Lanka needs to make sure that's on their, on their list. Is that in the Webjet exclusive yeah it, it, it is. is yeah so you can actually stay at that property yeah okay. it's got an amazing amazing very quick story which i'll tell um back in the uh, the early 1900s um the general who um was uh, owned the property um it's about a 40 50 room old heritage property um he did have a partner but he also had a mistress and that mistress would uh, make her way into the hotel via a tunnel, um, which was dug one do. and a half <laughs> kilometres away. So she'd come through this one tunnel. One and a half kilometre tunnel. You yeah. see, I'm claustrophobic, so I couldn't have a relationship <laughs> with her. <Clearly. laughs> Not for everyone, on a, on a number of levels. You would come through the front door, my darling. I, I would like to think so, John. Always. Gosh, isn't that great? Yeah, so a lot of heritage, um, which you know you otherwise wouldn't really know about until you sort of you, you know you explore. And these are the stories. We love to tease out. So I guess the the question that I always ask about a destination is what's special about Sri Lanka 
that draws people? I'm thinking tea plantations or? Yeah, I think um, what's taken me by surprise, certainly initially on my first visit, was for a country that's similar in size to Tasmania, you know, sort of context-wise, the diversity is phenomenal. Um, From food to wildlife up into the hill country where the tea plantations are, um, the beaches, um, you know, it's so diverse. And even from a, uh, a culture perspective, you know, it's such a mix mash of, um, you know, different um, religions, for example, like probably nowhere else on the planet. So, um, you know, you've got those temples, but you've also got these beautiful um, churches. So, yeah, it's really, really, really diverse. Um, What's the best way to do it with a tour group or independent? Yeah, look, I think for Sri Lanka, um, it's definitely a country that you'd do as part of an organised tour. Um, the next important thing to know is that in Sri Lanka, if you haven't been, the roads are quite narrow, particularly up in hill country. So you'll find from a group size perspective, um, most operators won't have a coach that will take any more than 20 people. So okay. it's going to be a small group. But you want everything organised um, because it's actually otherwise difficult to get around and you want the best you know, driver guides when you're doing your Jeep safaris down in Yala who know, you know, the best places to go um, to try and find the leopard, for example. So it's often the way, isn't it? So yeah. it's on a scale of one to ten, how are we going to rank affordability? Because a lot of our members are on fixed income. Yeah, look, I think it's probably one of the most affordable holiday destinations, really. Via um, Singapore? Down. Yeah, so there's two ways to get there. We take most of our customers via Singapore on Singapore Airlines mm-hmm. with our with our product. Um, for those customers based in Melbourne, we do have the option to fly direct into Colombo with Sri Lanka Airlines oh, as yes. well. Um, but surprisingly, the connections are really good through Singapore, so um, it's actually fairly quick to, to get there. Um, you don't have a long layover typically, so yeah. And must-see attractions. What do we need to do when we're there? I could be here all afternoon talking about that. Um, The the wildlife um, did surprise me. You know, up in the north um, we had an afternoon where we would have seen probably three or 400 elephants. Um, We were thinking perhaps we might see a a couple, but we were just blown away and I'll show you some pictures later. Um, We can put them up on the website. Yeah, Yeah. do do that, that. do that, absolutely. And um, so that was up in the north, but then down south we were – Oh, 500 metres into Yala National Park on the eastern side uh, and we looked down and um, there would have been no less than 20 crocodiles. There's oh beautiful God. turquoise kingfishers. So, you know, it's um, the wildlife is phenomenal. Um, if, if you're adventurous with your food, you know, you've got that real strong southern Indian influence that flows through into beautiful. Sri Lanka. So curries and dals, yeah. Now, Brendan, um, on Webjet, you've got some exclusives. 100%. And um, we're going to it's, – it's quite an extensive website. Uh, so probably best that we put that up on – on our, uh, your well, life we'll, choices. we'll go to special deals slash Sri Lanka. So we'll take people straight to where they can look at yeah, the kind of yeah. tours they can do. And affordable too. Uh, well, that's the thing that most of our members are looking for something exotic, but it's just got to fit within that budget. Sure. Yeah, and I think the thing is, you know, you can see most of the country in two weeks and that's, you know, quite unique I think as well in terms of being able to, um, you know, reach most places of a destination in a two-week period. Sri Lanka, A1, great, affordable, safe, get along to see it. Where's the next place that Brendan Sawyer is going to? 
Oh, it's going to be local within a lot of what's been happening. So we'll go up to the King Valley, um, have excellent. some Prosecco and oh, stick the young boys in the river, I think. And Phil Ureski. And Phil Ureski, yeah. 100%. Full wallets. Yeah. Uh, can you possibly come and see us again? Because uh, there's so many places we want to talk to you about, isn't there? Yes. Absolutely. We'd oh, love yes. nothing more. Brendan Sawyer, he's the Travel Webjet CEO, the big kahuna. If he doesn't know about it, it doesn't exist. Brendan, thank you so much and safe travels. Pleasure. We're just about uh, towards the end of another Mind Your Own Retirement, the podcast from Your Life Choices with uh, Kay Fallick, the publisher, and Brendan Sawyer, very interesting. Uh, Sri Lanka, fascinating. Have you been there? I haven't, but uh, I know a lot of my friends who have speak so highly of it. So, so many of my friends are going there at the moment. And Excellent. obviously, Affordable's part of it, John. Mm. I went and dug out some interesting facts about Sri Lanka because I thought we should finish Mm. on a fun note. Mm. Would you like to hear them, John? Please do. (laughs) It's nicknamed the Pearl of the Indian Ocean Mm. but also the Teardrop of India. Oh. Isn't that lovely? Yes. Isn't that lovely? What's the biggest business in Sri Lanka? Tea. Very well done, John. And it is the home of... Tamil? (laughs) Cinnamon. Oh, really? The home of cinnamon. Oh, I love cinnamon. Yes. And one last thing, it's called the land of... No, don't know. Serendipity. Oh, isn't that great? So I'm warm to Sri Lanka. I'm feeling like I have to go there and meet the local people. Many of my friends have been there. So that's our next trip. Excellent. I think we'll do a podcast from Sri Lanka. Excellent. Dave, <laughs> you know, David can carry the bags, your husband, and uh, that'll be lots of fun. Kate, oh, thank God. you so much indeed for another fabulous podcast. I'm just off to get the air tickets. You know it. Bye, your, John. Your Life Choices is where you should be, folks. And um, as I say, it's a, it's a wonderful website. And if you're not on it, you should be. If your friends aren't, they should be as well. It's absolutely free. And there is a wealth of information to help simplify your retirement up-to-date, independent, authoritative information and so much more wonderful resources, yourlifechoices.com.au and we'll be back next time with another podcast of Mind Your Own Retirement. Thanks for listening. Listener.